Hello and welcome back to Diary of a Horny Teenager, the podcast where we normally relive the pages of my horny diary, but today we've got a bit of a spooky slutty episode for you. (laughs) We are your hosts Georgie and Nia and if you love a bit of spooky content (laughs) and sexy language then please stay on the line, your call is important to us. (laughs) Spooky edition. (laughs) trying to be all spooky and neither one of us are really that spooky (laughs) to be honest (laughs) to be honest all the links to make it spooky are extremely tenuous as people will soon find out (laughs) it's probably the least spooky episode ever but hey any excuse to just record an ep right oh absolutely i've I've really missed missed this i've missed my mic i've missed you know the checks that we do at the start and you obviously i've missed you (laughs) yes jesus christ being upstaged (laughs) by an object i know i was gonna go through everything that i missed (laughs) apart from you and then i was gonna do it at the end but there we are how dare you how dare you uh how have you been babe i have been good i love this time of year um i love the autumn leaves are falling oh. i love the 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 colors that's about at the moment i'm not a fan of the evenings drawing in but mm-hmm. we're getting all cozy now little, little squirrels for winter oh, I don't know. jesus that was so wholesome <laughs> you know what that was really sincere and i know i was cringing a bit but i just think it, <laughs> i don't think that's anything to do with you i think i'm not used to sincerity on this podcast so i was like oh squirrels and leaves <laughs> that's lovely if this was like a proper spooky episode i'd have done something scary but as it is we're both we're two wholesome gals I just know. trying to make a just trying to make a buck <laughs> just trying to get we're not through even, the I working mean, we're day we're not even making a buck from this we're just we're really not you know we're just getting a kick out of it but no, i'm very much the same i love autumn and it's like yes probably my favorite time of year and yeah nice. i feel in my element currently good i'm glad how have you been? That's what I want to know. Oh, I've been... <laughs> well, <laughs> how have I been? I've been doing yes. like six day weeks and I've been doing my course and work and all sorts of things. And as a result this week, I've had a cold. So if I sound a bit oh. husky and gravelly, that's why you might hear the occasional sniff. Um, but I've just had like two days of sleeping and I'm feeling much better and I've got that Good. like post illness glow you know when you're like wow this is what I could look like if I actually was rested <laughs> <laughs> you said that do you remember um when we had covid yeah we had it at when. the same time by the way we're not the same and person but we did have it at the same no time. <laughs> we did have it at the same time and you and I just rested for about two weeks then afterwards you were like I, f- I look and feel amazing I've never is felt this so- what I've it- never looked so fit in my life Honestly, Never. and you were like, um, is this how much rest it takes for us <laughs> to look like at our peak? And I was like, yeah, this is what it is. This is she's what got COVID, needs to be but done. she's a 10. <laughs> she, yeah, literally, like, <laughs> point yeah. of view, you know. And, like, you know, the proof was in the pudding today because I went for a little walk because I've been just so weary. And I was like, I need to just oh, try God. and stretch my legs and get out. So I went for a walk, no makeup, not, definitely not looking fit, feeling like a bit of a mole rat. Mm. And this man in the distance, like, spat on the pavement. And I oh. sort of, I was, like, quite near to him. So I, like, sort of walked around the spit. And as I was passing him, he went, all right, darling. (laughs) 
if that's not a sign, I just don't know what bloody is, to be honest with you. I mean, Spit on the ground. Who said romance is dead? Spit on the ground. I Give just, you a cheeky wink. Well, exactly. It's just a testament to how hot I'm looking, really. Um, I, I You just can't write this shit. I was like, I literally just walked around your spit and, and you think <laughs> that you can say, all right, darling, and I'll be impressed. Like, you, Yeah, you can't make this shit up. It's wild. It's just, I don't know any person who's ever been impressed by a bit of spit on the ground. No, I know. I mean, if I was kinky, then maybe I'd be like, hey. I was going to say. Aim for the mouth, hun. <laughs> <laughs> Do that again. And just open yeah, my mouth really wrong wide. place, wrong place. But no, I just kind of walked past, had a bit of a chuckle, and I was like, autumn is here. <laughs> autumn is here and this is London yeah, yeah is it even autumnal London if you haven't had a man spit in your direction and then call you gorgeous <laughs> autumnal London I love that <laughs> oh, okay so what's the episode going to be about today Nia that is a very good question our main the main chunk of the episode today is going to be talking about how scary it is <laughs> <laughs> to be bisexual as we are the spookiness of bisexuality our past experiences and how the heck we feel about our sexuality today yeah is it still spooky is it a bit less spooky who knows who knows let's find out (laughs) (laughs) when we say bisexual we mean being attracted to more than one gender we don't mean it in that you're just attracted to two genders like i think for both of us it's a very inclusive We're attracted to everyone, basically. My God, we are. (laughs) There is no one. No one is safe from me. (laughs) (laughs) This is the episode about spooky bisexuals. (laughs) 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 Dear me. (laughs) Okay. Oh, God. Right. So, um, we... We thought we'd get into this with just a couple of Halloween would you rather's because <laughs> I mean we did this for our Christmas ep and it was quite fun so should we have a go? We're gonna have a go I have no idea this is good I always get you know remember, do you remember how nervous I got for the last one at the Christmas oh, one? Oh you you were besides yourself sweating you were, yeah you were a right mess <laughs> I just have no idea why to this day I could not tell you why it caused such anxiety in me but today is the same to be honest oh, with you honey. I've been thinking about these all day I feel like we have a better chance this time though because last time we didn't really discuss like what the would you rathers would be so mine ended up being really dirty and yours were like would you rather sit on Santa's lap or write him a naughty letter (laughs) mine was so wholesome which did not reflect my filthy imagination you are I know so okay do you want to go first or shall I Oh, you, my love. (laughs) Absolutely you. All right, I'll take one for the team. Um, So, have you seen Practical Magic? Yes, I have. Oh, such a good film. And also just to, um, is it preface? Preface. Sure. Okay, great. (laughs) Just to preface this with, I am not a horror film fan, particularly. Um, I like dressing up for Halloween and I like um, pumpkin spice lattes. Uh, But... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I actually don't. I don't even like pumpkin spice lattes. Oh my god! No, disgusting. But um, I think there are enough scary things in the world without scary films. So mine are probably going to be the wholesome ones this time. Well, let's let's, let's find, find out. out. I quite like I quite like a good horror. It's got to be good though. It can't just be like 
horror for the sake of horror, like a slasher yeah. for the sake of being, you know, shocking or something. I liked it's got Midsommar. to actually. Midsummer was good because yeah, yeah. I, I was still disturbed and couldn't sleep for a week, and and it was clever. I like it, but just yeah, and a lot of horror films I find are really misogynistic and gross. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just absolutely yeah. There's there are some good like queer and feminist ones out there, but anyway, mm. this is one of I don't know if it's, it counts as a horror film, but this is a spooky film that I like. So would you rather, Nia? Would oh, you bloody rather uh, to have sex with Gillian, <laughs> who is Nicole Kidman's character, mm. or Sally, who is Sandra Bullock's character in Practical Magic? Oh, now, yeah, I know. Now there it is. I would, I to be honest with you, and this is going to be controversial. Oh, is I've never really. I <gasps> don't some say performances. it. Don't say it. <laughs> we are about to end our friendship live on the podcast. <laughs> Think about what you're about to say. I know what I'm about to say, and my truth oh. is my truth, oh. and it cannot be denied. No. I'm just not a fan of Nicole Kidman. Oh, no. <laughs> I just, <laughs> oh, just never—she's never connected with me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry that the Nicole Kidman fans out there, or the the kidders, as they're going called. to be <laughs> the kidders. What? Because they're kidding themselves. That's it. <laughs> I'm on my side, not your side. <laughs> you still laugh, though. I got you. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah. But I have always been a huge fan of Sandra Bullock. I absolutely oh, well, yeah. love she's, her. She she's is. iconic as well. Nicole she's Kidman iconic. is versatile. She is beautiful. <laughs> she is fantastic. Her in Moulin Rouge. Come on now. Like... She, I liked her performance, but she's just not one of my... I just don't go mad for She's her, not one of your faves. Okay. Nah, she's not. I can deal so with that. So Sandra, Sandra Bullock for me, my love, because... Whew, and also, she is so fit. My God, she is so... She's so fit. I just love oh, her. I mean, both of them are. She's got everything. I, I, as you can probably guess, would go for Nicole Kidman, because um, <laughs> I'm a kidder. <laughs> you are a kidder. And, oh, it's just... It's her... She, oh, she looks so gorgeous in this movie. I mean, she always looks gorgeous. If you haven't seen it, God. kids kidders um yeah those fellow kidders aren't yeah. they? <laughs> get yourself get yourself um a front row ticket to the practical magic show <laughs> all right shall we move on go on <laughs> before then. our friendship right. ends from the debate of nicole kidman <laughs> okay is it my turn now yes, yes it is mm-hmm. okay would you rather mm-hmm. get dominated <laughs> by <laughs> dracula Prince of Darkness <laughs> or Morticia from the Adams family. Oh my god. Um oh this is a good one. Also I love that you couldn't even say the word dominated without doing a little like girly giggle. Which a I little love. girly You're giggle. Like, ah. <laughs> um, oh that's really tricky. I oh, I've always had a thing for Morticia. I think she's so mm. hot and witty and like elegant. So the thought of getting dominated by her I find a bit more exciting. Whereas Dracula would just like legit suck my blood. And yeah. I know he could suck other things as well, like my clit. Mm. But um, I mean, that's a slippery slope. <laughs> For example, my clit. For, poor example, mon clit. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go for Morticia and you know mm. mummy vibes. I mean, sure. <laughs> it's a tricky one for me because Morticia is so sexy. Like mm-hmm. my goodness me, she is just she is just sexiness 
encompassed. Yeah. Um, but then Dracula, I've always had a thing for vampires and fantasy mm. and things like that. That's always appealed to me as well. So, yeah, it's a tricky one. I actually can't make a decision, to be honest with you. It was tricky you writing can't, it out. No, you're not allowed to sit on the fence. Oh, you said this last time as well. Because it's boring. What's the point of doing Would You Rather if we don't decide? <laughs> you know me. I'm I'm not a I'm not an either or kind of gal. Well, you I'm know an what this, this is? Gal. This is classic <laughs> bisexual behaviour. Unable to choose. <laughs> Unable to make a fucking decision. <laughs> Unable to commit to one side. Of course, we are joking. We are joking. Um, but yeah. Yes. Are you sure you can't pick? I'd have to go with Morticia, I think, as well. Mm-hmm. Watching the film with Angelica Houston as Morticia, like that was definitely a little little queer moment for me mm. where I was like, oh my God, who is on my screen right now? Oh. Like, fucking hell. She was just, yeah, Gorgeous. she's so mysterious. And just such a fab mm. character anyway, like, yeah. regardless of how sexy she is, she's just a bit iconic. A bit iconic, if you iconic. <laughs> Tiny bit iconic. <laughs> my next one's a Rocky Horror Picture Show themed. <laughs> Again, a little bit scary, a little, a little bit, bit sassy. scary, <laughs> a bit musical theatre as well. Yeah, it just oh God, adds yeah. all that together. So true. I am going yes. back to my roots. So, um, <laughs> okay, so Frankenfurter or Magenta? Oh, Frankenfurter. I'm sorry, yeah. but <laughs> Frankenfurter has been a fantasy of mine since he came out and did Sweet Transvestite. Mm-hmm, like, holy. Mm-hmm. Holy fuck. It was like, it's one of those moments that, again, it's it's one of those sexual awakening moments. You remember them. You remember those moments where you oh, see God, them on yeah. the screen or you see them on stage or you see something and you think, God, my whole body. Mm. You have like a full body blush. Yes. Yeah, Frankenfurter for me. My God, just, just everything. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd agree, actually. And funnily enough, I was shown this film at a quite young age because like I think this film is like largely responsible for what a horny fucker I became because oh yeah I remember being like oh my god this is so sexy and this is Mm. I didn't know it at the time but I was like this is so queer and like it's really Mm. pushing the boundaries like it's truly queer conic (laughs) there is nothing sexier to me than a very confident man dressed as a woman (laughs) no I couldn't agree more I could not agree more so yeah I'd say Frankenfurter as well and then my second one was Brad or Janet. And that's mainly because the person that played Janet, Susan Sarandon, Sarandon. Mm-hmm. recently came out as bi. So I think that's yeah. quite fun. Um, so yeah, Brad or Janet. Oh, it's Janet. Like Susan Sarandon is like, I've loved her for years. And there's like a really sexy photo of her. I think she's in New York. And I think she's just, she's just got a got her boobs out and she just looks amazing and I always remember that photo as well and being like oh my god who is this person so she's super cool and super sexy and I love how she came out just so candidly and like casually on a talk show recently and yeah her song touch me so good and um yeah I'd go Janet as well I had a Frankenfurter one as well, but I won't say that one. Oh, um, no way. Would you rather have sex with <laughs> Cousin It from the Adams Family? Mine is very Adams Family based. <laughs> yeah. um, or just your typical werewolf. Just any oh. werewolf that's wandering the street at night, you know. Um, okay. Cousin It or Street Werewolf. Um, <laughs> God, <laughs> hold me back. Um, I know. Cousin It. Is cousin, <laughs> remind me of who Cousin It is is that the really in- tall one? No. <laughs> it's because it's the hand. No. 
No, Cousin It <laughs> is the one that is all here. I think that in the film, they speak in this kind of voice. Meow, 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 meow. Oh. I have a feeling that's, that's their well, voice. <laughs> how can I resist? <laughs> can I not just have sex with the hand? Like that, to be honest, no. the hand is just like basically a glorified like dildo slash vibrator. So... Can me and the hand not just like go to a little dark corner of the Adams family house and get busy like that would be nice. Alas, alas, and alack, my love. It was it was cousin oh. it I chose. Oh, and- now she's a stickler for the rules. <laughs> 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 okay, um, I'm gonna go for the classic street to werewolf. Then think of the things Fair they enough. could teach me. Think of the things they've seen. I know, I know. How about you? Gorgeous. <laughs> I would go for a werewolf as well because I think Cousin It would freak me out a little bit too much. And also, again, werewolves are one of those things where it's quite, not so much them as a wolf, but them <laughs> as, you know, that kind of animalistic masculinity does does appeal, unfortunately, <laughs> every now and then. So, yeah, that, that does appeal to me as well. Hey, there's no kink shaming here. If you're into masculinity and that's your kink that's okay someone has to be someone has to be yeah. someone's gotta fight for them because yeah. god love them these men who have such a hard time come on yeah someone needs to really really be attracted to them and yeah that does appeal as well so there we go right we should go. we get to the main pumpkin flesh of the episode god let's get to the penetration we have been fingering for far too long <laughs> All right, cool. So now we thought we'd have a little chat about our first kind of queer experiences and how they felt a bit spooky at the time. <laughs> and um, yeah, shall I start? Yeah, you go for it. Cool. Um, well, first of all, this isn't in the diary. It's nowhere to be seen. And if you're new here, normally what we do is I read a story from my teenage sex book which was all stuff where I'm, you know, of legal age and consenting and <laughs> blah, 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 all the good stuff. Um, but every single, like, experience, however small, even if it's just, like, a little kiss or a, a slip of the finger, is recorded if it's a heteronormative experience. Yeah. Um, and it's just so fascinating to me that my first queer experience as a teenager wasn't recorded. It was very much, like, mm. buried. So that's why I thought I'd talk about it now because it's like, I sort of want to honour that. It was a bit of a rite of passage and like, even though it freaked me out at the time and I just wanted to pretend it never happened, I look at it now and I'm like, oh, that was my first, that was my first queer experience. And it's, I kind of cherish it in a weird way now. Mm. Um, So what happened was that, um, (laughs) (laughs) so this diary had essentially became my like, straight girl fictional novel that I was writing to try and kid myself that I was straight (laughs) yeah so I had this friend over um and I think we were just having some sort of like she was just staying at mine and she was a really good friend at the time and as I often did on sleepovers back in the day we got a bottle of something and we got really pissed which was like (laughs) classic like if your mum or someone you knew was willing to get you alcohol it's like yeah let's just like get pissed yeah yeah so we had a bottle of oh, whatever we could get our hands on. I think it was like 
pims or tequila like something actually quite strong very classy very classy extremely classy probably no mixes involved probably swigging from the bottle (sighs) and basically we ended up having sex in my living room (laughs) you had full sex well we went down on each other we fingered each other i didn't have a strap on to get out if that's what you mean but um (laughs) yeah so we we had sex in my living room while i think at the time my parents will have been upstairs asleep or out and getting home like any minute now (laughs) yeah 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 Um, i remember it being really really passionate but then the next day bearing in mind i had like quite a christian upbringing Mm. which i mean <laughs> did be a lot of good obviously yeah. <laughs> like the amount of fucking fingering that i <laughs> that i engaged in um wasn't afraid you of really god or anything like to that. god yeah, yeah you definitely um, and i was living in a part of yorkshire that was just yeah there was like one out gay guy at my school that was probably it mm. um the rest of us were closeted that is so classic isn't it one there's i think that's in you know most sort of rural schools you've got one yeah. one person who's unafraid to be who they are and then everybody else is just kind of tiptoeing around the subject and then only afterwards exactly. you hear about so and so oh yeah they've come out as gay or they're queer yeah. now or you know whatever and you're like well of course they are and they're labeled as like the gay person it's like yeah. there's only room for one we can't have yeah. loads of gay people which i would God hope forbid. has changed quite a bit now but maybe yeah maybe not as much in these rural rural places because there is just less kind of education and awareness about, around yeah. it maybe um but yeah so the next day me and my friend were obviously very hungover um and I just remember like I sort of woke up and I was like thinking about it and I was like fuck like what does this mean and then I spoke to her and she was like I don't remember anything from last night oh but, really but I I like I, I you know you can just tell someone's lying like yeah. it was almost like the subtext of that was never fucking mention what happened like yeah it wasn't like oh fuck I genuinely don't remember anything it was like I don't remember anything. Do you? And I was like, no, I remember nothing. And we literally (laughs) never, we never spoke about it again. And I remember feeling so like scared of what happened and freaked out. Mm. And like, I think especially after like seeing her reaction, I don't know what my reaction would have been if it, if that hadn't been hers, but it certainly sent that message to me that like, oh, this is something to be ashamed of and to cover up. So like, mm. we just never spoke about it again. And she was like one of my best mates at the time. Um, yeah, but I look at it now and I'm like, girl, that was your first queer experience. Like, yeah, it's wild. And yeah, yeah. So that that was my first spooky, spooky <laughs> queer experience. <laughs> It's so difficult, isn't it? Because it's like when you're growing up as a teenager, like there's not, there's just not enough around being those experiences being valid. Because, mm. you know, because I mean, the fact that you didn't write it in your diary, but you wrote about fucking Ronald Peanut. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I that just goes to show. And you had full sex. You had full sex with this person. Mm-hmm. And all you were getting from these other you know, boys were the odd finger here and there. Do you know what mm. I mean? Like it's like, that's a full experience that you had and you just didn't feel like that was a valid enough experience to put in your diary. Mm-hmm. And like, that's just wild, isn't it? Like that's just, it, our perspectives now have changed so much from back then where it was like, mm. 
this is just this, you know, th- th- it's just, you know, something that's happened. You know, it's just a, uh, it doesn't mean anything yeah. because it's not a straight thing. You know, it's exactly have, don't assign any meaning to the fact that you had full sex with somebody. That's the it's thing. Just, yeah. I think the word valid is, is really, really interesting because I think that was yeah. it. I think I felt a lot of fear and shame around it, but also yeah. because of my own sort of internalized biphobia and because yeah. of just the queer phobia in the mm. place that I was living I was scared of it but also I just didn't see it as real because I was like that's not no. an option that's not a thing that's not me yeah and I don't even know if I knew what bisexuality like was at the time I don't mm. so maybe because I'd had experiences with lots of like cis men well boys at the time and boys, let's not call them men let's <laughs> yeah. not assign them that cis shall boys we? um and like sort of straight sex and action yeah um it just didn't even occur to me that like this could be a valid part of my sexuality that was real. Yeah. God, it's just, <laughs> and then you just want to shake yourself and go, no, this is, you know, this is fine. Mm. This is all, you know, part and parcel of it. You would have hoped that, you know, the teenagers growing up now, cause they've got so much more access to internet. Exactly. You know, social media is, you know, is a good thing it in can that be, yeah. it can spread that message and that word you know that you know to teenagers that it is okay you know and I know that there's lots more you know trans kids who are coming out and everything as yeah. well because you know you've got that acceptance you know I suppose from the sort of social media and from the yeah. posts that they're seeing and everything as well so yeah. you know in that way that's brilliant mm, um, finding but, those kindred spirits because there's a whole yeah, like and finding algorithm that now like this is a way that social media can be really great and like connect you yes. with like-minded people and there's like the algorithm of tiktok and instagram for like people who are queer people who are trans people who are bisexual pansexual so yeah i, I would hope that would make people feel a bit less alone yeah. um whereas there wasn't anything like that at the time so no and i'm sure loads of other people around me were having the same sort of experiences oh, yeah. but just no one was talking about it because no it was too scary and there was that yeah. fear um around yeah. being accepted and stuff so what about God. you what do you have any kind of experiences like first queer experiences or mo- like queer light bulb moments maybe there were a few light bulb moments for me that now looking back i was like oh for god's sake Nia, of course so one of them was i used to go on sleepovers with my friend mm-hmm. um and we used to try and turn each other on <laughs> <laughs> by saying these um we were quite young doing this as well which just goes to show as well like sexuality can start at you know quite a young age oh, when you're yeah. starting to feel desire and you're starting mm-hmm. to feel all these different things but we used to try and turn each other on basically and see who could um yeah turn each other on the most and sort of do these different scenarios like role play sort of a little bit and just kind of like say you know oh my god if you were in um uh, if you were in a cupboard with so-and-so and they started to hump your leg, what would you do? Like all this sort of stuff and everything. Obviously it was like and totally... Then would, you, would you act it out? We would a little bit, but not like, it wouldn't be like full on acting out or anything. Mm-hmm. It would just kind of, we just kind of mess around and everything basically, yeah. but uh-huh. just try and like, I don't know, just, yeah, it was just me and this this one, you know, girl girlfriend who, um you know, I used to go on quite a few sleepovers with. And that used to be quite exciting because it would be mm. like us two trying to, <laughs> trying to, I don't know. I don't know what we were expecting. We never kissed or anything, but there was always like a tension there. Mm-hmm. And there was always like a, you know, what is, you know, what could happen. 
And then, can I, sorry, can I just say, because I had a really similar thing, again, when I was quite young. Um, yeah. With a few different friends, not even just one friend. No, yeah, where yeah. Where we would do something really similar, but it would be like role play. And mm. we, would, we would like dry hump each other. And we'd be like, let's play boyfriend and girlfriend. Or oh, let's yeah. play, I'm a man trying to get a woman pregnant. And then we would hump each other's legs. <laughs> I, re- I definitely remember like, orgasming sometimes from that yeah and then yeah. then the shame would suddenly would kick in kick yeah. in and i'd be like let's end the game there uh, yeah. i've got to go home now but yeah i think that's actually so common yeah definitely and also just like on that as well like i used to try and like i used to squeeze my legs together <laughs> to you know and i used to orgasm quite a lot from it from just that but then the shame would kick in and it would be like oh my God, what have I done? And what's insidious is that it's not outwardly spoken about. It's not, you know, our parents never sat us down and said, you can't do this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. But you just knew instinctively yeah. that, oh, you were taught this is wrong. Me feeling like this, pleasure. Yeah, but you're taught, like, whether it's from, like, I don't know, you touch your genitals and your parents, like, tell you to stop or yeah. whatever. You're just taught that it's not appropriate. And I do think it's yeah. something, like, we don't speak about enough Enough. that like no we are sexual beings from quite a young age i think with like that curiosity so yeah so we just i remember that and then there was another time where it was the first time i'd ever got drunk and um these there were actually two openly lesbian um women who were in my year and they were girlfriend and girlfriend yeah they were quite open about it that's amazing i remember us all being in this garage and sleeping because it was the garage was huge Mm -hmm. and they were having sex (gasps) in the corner no and i remember like one of them took um the the fingers (laughs) they were she was fingering her girlfriend and she took her fingers out and it was covered with cum (gasps) and showed us all Oh, wait, so so were you all awake while they were having sex yeah oh yeah what the fuck and you all just watched we all kind of knew it was happening in the corner. <laughs> That's the queerest thing I've ever heard. Literally, it's fucking Wales, mate. Like, what can I tell you? <laughs> um, but like, I do remember us all being like, oh my, like, well, I remember being like both aroused and also a bit sort of like scared as well because yeah. this is the first time I'd been like seeing that kind of thing, I suppose. I remember that used to be like a big thing would be like to think about that and sort of, you know, fantasize about that a little bit as well because it was like what is this like what is Mm -hmm. you know what is going on in the corner over there because I kind of want that to happen to me that's Um, really cool that's really really cool that you had that example even though you felt a bit conflicted about it yeah I think it's really really cool and it's so interesting because maybe again like because media and what we see in films all comes into this if you'd been watching like a man and a woman having sex and then mm. saw a handful of one of their come. Um, <laughs> Let's put this delicately. Um, no. To put it, uh, come, C-U-M. Um, maybe, I don't know, maybe you wouldn't have felt as conflicted. Maybe you would have been like, oh, that was just really hot. But I think yeah. because you probably didn't have many examples apart from that of queer sex no. and queer romance. That's. Do you think that's where the kind of conflictedness comes from came from i i think it was more conflicted because i don't think i'd ever watched 
porn, the only the only way I'd have sort of been able to see a kind of sex scene would have been in films, which aren't really sort of proper sex scenes anyway. So I actually think, lol, that was my first experience. I'm having a therapy session with you here. <laughs> but like, I think that was my first experience of seeing sex. Mm. Like, yeah. And these two, these two women as well. It was like, oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I'll just, I'll never forget that till, <laughs> till the day I die. Yeah. I will never, ever forget that. Aww. And then... You know, you've got your classic when you're drunk and you start kissing women and you start... Mm-hmm. I remember I got really drunk and me and my friend, we started like rolling around proper grinding on each other, proper kissing and everything. And then, yeah, and then we just... I don't I can't remember what happened. I think I was a bit too drunk, but we didn't do... I don't think we did anything more than that, but I do remember that. And again, it's, oh yeah, well, when girls get together, they just kiss, you know, and you know, that's what you heard from people. You know, it was again... Girls being girls. Yeah. Girls being girls. They just love to fuck just one another. Just fingering and snogging <laughs> each other, you know. Yeah. Girls will be girls. They'll have a cheeky fuck and then paint their nails. <laughs> and then just not speak about it ever again. So, yeah. So, it's just... it. All of these different experiences, it just kind of mm. goes to show. But it took me ages to kind of, I think, accept the term bisexual. I called myself bi-curious for ages, which mm-hmm. is just so hilarious. Like... I, I, I'm not saying that you can't be bi-curious, but it just, for me, now looking back, that was not what I was. Like, I was no. just trying to put off calling myself bisexual. That's the thing. And like like you said, if that feels good to you, bi-curious feels good to you, then obviously yeah. that is absolutely valid. But to me, I feel like a lot of people might call themselves bi-curious if they feel like maybe they haven't, quote-unquote, like, proven their sexuality yet. If That's they haven't it, had yeah. enough queer experiences then maybe mm. they feel they're not allowed to label themselves as bisexual or pansexual and yeah which is so silly because I'm now I'm now definitely realizing that like you don't need to prove it whatsoever if you think you might be bisexual you probably are yeah <laughs> like you probably it. are and also yeah. no one ever has to prove to be straight like no one is no. like yeah but how many experiences is oh experiences is experiences is. how many experiences have you had like yeah it's just accepted and it's expected as well so i know it's like you have to prove you're bisexual mm. you know you've got to earn it you've got to really fucking yeah, earn it you know you have badge. to it's like your equity card <laughs> yeah you got to date at least four men and then four women and then yeah. that's it you yeah, know you're like officially bisexual then, yeah you're allowed in the club then you're allowed in the bi club um, no if you fancy women then most likely yeah <laughs> like most likely you are like that's all yeah, that's needed exactly if you, Come fancy, join if you us. fancy more than one gender then that's it. your probs bisexual babes and that is yeah. fine and beautiful and great and that is lovely yes Okay, yeah. well, I think that's a nice little deep dive into our first queer experiences. Yeah. Um, maybe now we can have a little think about where we're at currently. Um, <laughs> Sorry, where I am I at? Like, I feel like I just put you on the spot. Uh, we've got those <laughs> questions to ask each other. Yes. So these are questions. I, I recently went to this amazing event that just filled me with She's incredible. queer joy. Um, it was Ruby Rare's Bisexual Big Sister Advice which is part of her sexy sermon event. Yeah. And if, yeah. it's the first time I've ever been in a room pretty much exclusively of bisexual people. And it felt really lovely. And mm. I think they're so great at just being really inclusive and mm. just accepting wherever you're at as being valid rather than telling you to be 
bisexual or queer in any particular way it feels very accessible to me and very um just lovely so at the end of this event there were they left us with these three questions to ask each other around the room i actually had to rush off to get the bus but um (laughs) i i wrote these questions down and i thought we could ask each other because they're just very lovely i think Mm um uh so yeah Maybe I'll ask you first. What's a piece okay. of advice you'd give to your younger closeted self? Um, not to feel so much shame. I mm-hmm. have always been a really sexual human being. I know that. Mm-hmm. I I know that, you know, from a very young age, I started finding people, you know, people I watched on in films, attractive, you know, people of all genders Mm -hmm. (laughs) and then only able to sort of talk about you know with my family or with my sisters about the men I think being able to show and demonstrate that you do fancy (laughs) you fancy everyone Mm. kid so you may as well just fucking accept it you know I'm always very vocal about who I find attractive so say it out loud say say who say that you fancy whoever and yeah that's that's basically it that's really lovely and of course now you tell me that you fancy me all the time all the time you're not ashamed of it you're loud and proud which i love um (laughs) i'd agree with you and just add to it like with the people you feel safe to like yeah share all these aspects of yourself Mm. because they're all a part of you and it might not feel safe or okay to share them with absolutely everyone Mm. at first or maybe ever and that's okay but I think just even having one person you feel able to share that stuff with just just honors it for yourself like saying it out loud also helps you to explore it and make sense of it and that's it honor your queerness in that way that is it don't just you know do what you used to do Nia and buy queer uh, (laughs) fantasy books and then read them without anybody else knowing don't do that Nia under the candle under the candle under the the candlelight (laughs) because you know in in Wales we never had electricity (laughs) (laughs) so yeah so yeah sweet Um, yeah what would I say I think I would say uh, to your younger self same as you like try to not feel ashamed of it um, and just whatever your bisexuality or queerness looks like is valid and there's no right way to be bisexual Mm. like it doesn't matter if you're single polyamorous monogamous or like who you're dating this Mm. doesn't change your sexuality like your queerness is yours so if you're in a sort of straight passing relationship that doesn't take away your sexuality at all even though like some people might question it or not understand it it doesn't matter like no no one can take that away from you, basically. Exactly. Yes. Um, oh, shall I do the next warming. one? Yeah, sure. Go sure. for it. Okay. So share a moment of queer joy, a time where you felt connected to and proud of your sexuality. Oh, I love this question. Um, mm. I think just whenever I'm dancing in a gay or queer space, Oh god! To yeah. an absolute bop. Like I remember recently, I was in a gay club and Lizzo, "Everybody's Gay," came on, and I just <laughs> was living my fantasy. And to be honest, not even that many people were dancing, but I was just like, "Everybody's gay," and I was just <laughs> just having the best time. Um, yeah. And I don't know what happens to me sometimes in a gay club after a few drinks. 
I am voguing, I am duck walking, I <laughs> I am trying to do death drops that don't work just for comedic effect. Like I'm living. So I think any time like that and also and also just watching drag race which I know like that's quite a basic bitch thing to say and drag race is No, it's important. It's it's so important. I also am aware that it's like just one sort of aspect of a huge like community of drag and queerness and stuff and it doesn't represent everyone but um watching drag race just fills me with queer joy and it's something (laughs) i have access to all the time and i can get really obsessed with and also find again finding someone else who loves drag race because oh i mean is there anything better to talk about really i honestly i couldn't i couldn't tell you this whole podcast could just be a, a rupaul's drag race oh easily and, and let us know if, if that's something you want, <laughs> listeners. Yes, we will happily do it. How about you, babes? A moment of queer joy, a moment you felt connected to and proud of your sexuality. I think I... Well, when I actually... Being bisexual and sort of me also being polyamorous has kind of both been sort of intertwined together. So when I... I've always been sort of, you know, I, I came out as bisexual, I think, back in 2017 I think it was mm-hmm. 2017 2018 and that's always sort of been there but I've never really explored it so much as you know I've always fancied women but then never wanted to um go on dates with- we've spoken about this so many yeah. times like going on <laughs> dates with women I find really difficult because I just I'm always a bit like I don't know what the fuck I'm doing <laughs> I don't know what's going on here most women um, have much higher standards than oh god cis- yeah straight men <laughs> Oh my God. So I just, you know, I'm always, you know, very nervous. So when I finally sort of was like, no, I'm I'm polyamorous as well. And that's how I Mm. want to live my life. It kind of opened up those doors of, okay, well, you know, you're going to be dating people, you know, who do you want as your partners? It doesn't have to be now, you know, that you're just going to be with a woman for the rest of your life or with a person for the one person for the rest of your life. So those kind of doors all of a sudden opened and this kind of, I don't know, this acceptance and this sort of queerness sort of flooded in. Yes. And I was just like, yes, I can, I, I feel like I can take control now of that side of myself and go out properly now and and experiment and, and do do those kind of things. So I think when I was, you know, when I finally said, no, I'm polyamorous, mm-hmm. all of a sudden it was like, fuck. The two things kind of were connected for me for me it's really empowering owning my sexuality and owning my polyamory and being like yeah fuck i can i can do this yeah Yeah. oh i'm so proud of you mate and i remember like it was such a big moment for you when you realized that or just found a label that made sense to you and like not everyone finds labels useful but i I think for both of us like it's important yeah to to have something that makes sense to you that makes you feel connected to a community definitely is really it can be really really helpful and really liberating so i'm happy yeah. that you've found something that works for you yeah baby okay um last one um do you have any insights on how to find a community as a bi slash pan babe well this is actually really interesting because i moved back to wales during uh the pandemic and wales is wales is such an interesting place <laughs> come visit if you will <laughs> um but it's so interesting in that it's not as uh doesn't have as many um not as much access to queerness as london does like you walk down a bloody street in london and there's some queer event going on or Mm -hmm. whatever 
but that means that in Wales that you have to try and find it yourself. And there are society, there are communities out there, there are places that you can be yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just you got to, you know, go out and find them. There are LGBTQ places. There are, you know, people who you will find comfort and safety with because that's what that's what I've managed to find after a fair few years of looking I will say but that's only because the global pandemic shut down any Mm. you know communities and and events and things but like I am going on a date with a woman this Friday and I met her at a queer at a a queer um, event I'm going to a creative writing queer event in Swansea Mm. on Saturday they are out there so if anybody is in the stick somewhere and is thinking fuck you know, what am I going to do? Just keep looking because mm-hmm. you will you will find it. You will find them. And, you know, when you do, like they will definitely be welcoming you with open arms. So, Aww. yeah. Yes. What about you, my love? That's lovely. Um, <laughs> well, yeah, I am spoiled rotten in London, really. Um, but I still think it's hard. I think especially if you're super busy and, oh, just in this work and grind capitalist society it's not always easy to like make time for your queerness nurturing your queerness um when you're just trying to kind of juggle everything else and friendships and relationships and whatnot but I would say my biggest advice would be to share the love and if you have even one bisexual or queer friend then it's quite likely that they have another if not more bisexual or queer friend and try and get a little meetup together because one of my best mates connected all of her best mates recently and it was me her and two other queer people and now we're like a little four that meet up from time to time Mm. and it's just such a sweet wholesome vibe and nice I think this is particularly good for people who maybe don't drink as well because a lot of queer events do involve booze but if you have Mm. a little meetup like that that you just organize you can just go to one of your houses and like make some dinner or watch a film or play some games and it just feels really good I don't think I quite realized until I had that little group of just what it feels like to be in a room with just queer people Mm. um in a private space as well that it feels quite different to a public space because you just know it's your little contained safe space and yeah it just feels really, really nurturing. Um, so that would be my it big feels right, thing. Doesn't like it? Connect, connect yourself and find your little tribe by like connecting and sharing friends, basically. Um, yeah. It makes you appreciate how straight the world is and you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. But then when you do have these like little pockets of these the little meetups or these little things happening it can just be so life-affirming and so exactly good for the soul so mm-hmm. yeah little little queer things every every day or every week that's that's what i say <laughs> what's your main <sighs> takeaway from this episode um it's been quite a serious one, hasn't it? I know. God, I feel like we haven't me. really laughed very much and we haven't told many jokes, so I'm no. a little bit worried that it's not entertaining, but quite a different tone for us, maybe. But I this think is it's what's quite scary. Important. Yeah. <laughs> quite important to honour where we're at and hopefully help a few other bisexual and queer people if they're if they've gone through kind of similar things. But yeah, I, I, hope, it's, I hope it wasn't boring. <laughs> I mean, we'll have to, we'll find out from the audience reaction. Um, I have taken away um, just how far 
I suppose I've come as mm. a as somebody who's queer. I just used to think I was, you know, the straight girl who used to hang around with the gays for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> the token straight, if you will. Yeah, the token straight, the beard, you know, like that's <laughs> just what I, I used to think that I would was. But then yeah. you suddenly realise that, hold on a second... And also, I think as well is, I know that quite a lot of bisexual women don't like taking up queer space mm. in so much as, you know, they they might be bisexual themselves, but they don't like labeling themselves because they think, well, you know, they don't really belong in that community mm-hmm. and, and all that kind of stuff. But, and I used to, I used to feel like that as well, but I also think that it is the community that I feel the most like myself. It is the community that, you know, and I, I don't think that... I think that there's there's room for all of us, basically. There's a little pocket for, so. for everybody. Yeah. yeah. What about you, my love? Um, <laughs> my main takeaway. What, what pearls of wisdom? Um, I think, it's, yeah, it's just been so interesting to... It was actually really nice to talk about that stuff. It felt quite liberating that it was once something I felt quite silenced with yeah and yeah it's it feels really liberating to like now just say it and understand it a bit more as a bisexual woman and because I only came out like maybe two or three years ago and yeah. I'm happy in my relationship and I'm really grounded in the fact that my sexuality doesn't change like based on who I'm with no. basically yeah so it's it's just nice to go from those stories and that bi panic to like ah I don't know what to call it, but by calm, I don't know. By calm, I just feel quite are. zen by about, about my sexuality, and I feel very yeah. By calm and soda babes, and I just feel very lucky <laughs> to like be around like-minded people and to yeah, just understand myself a little bit better. Have we just done a therapy session, but for all our listeners, possibly? Because <laughs> I just realised that mate. when you were saying that, I was just thinking like there's a lot of stuff there that I don't think I've told anyone for ages or mm. ever you know like mm-hmm. like childhood memories that come back to you and it makes sense to you obviously hindsight's a beautiful fucking thing you mm-hmm. know whatever but then it just you know i don't think i've ever sort of <laughs> now i've just i've just told everyone on a podcast but hey ho that's the i think that's the we have the just beast. given each other therapy the question is who is the therapist and who is the client because we need to decide who's paying who basically <laughs> that's that's oh, my shit. main takeaway who's getting paid <laughs> um but no oh this has been really lovely i'm really happy we did oh. this not so spooky now eh no i know not so spooky it's- spooky now i know once speak its name and it were the fear you lose all the fear or whatever the okay phrase right. is <laughs> is there a phrase I don't know. I think that's probably a good place to stop. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Uh, Okay. Um, Thanks for joining us, horny fuckers. Hope you have a lovely Halloween. Hope you dress up nice and slutty or nice and geeky, whatever your vibe is. Mm. Um, And we've got a little request of you because today we hit 9,000 downloads, which is wild. Because I remember when we were like, will anyone listen? Will like three people? And we were like, if. If even two people listen, we'll yeah, be so happy, was which say, was oh a lie. Like, I always yeah. wanted so many. Um, <laughs> we'd love to reach 10K by the end of 2022. So if you could share this with a fellow bi, pan, or queer babe, or yeah. even just share, like, your favourite episode on Instagram, that would be a massive help. It would and, be. Um, and if and if we do reach 10K, then we're going to do a, an Instagram live. That's your that's your treat. There, I've said it, Georgie. <gasps> Oh I've my thrown gosh, down the gauntlet. We've committed. <laughs> what, if we reach it by the end of 2022, that is? Yep. 
um yeah you're only getting it as a reward yeah yeah you can also rate us on spotify apple and i think quite a few others five stars make us extremely horny and Mm. yeah email us dm us let us know what you think and follow us on diary of a horny tea horny fuckers yeah all right i'm feeling a bit spooked so i think i'm gonna get the hell out of here (laughs) (laughs) oh there's someone behind you don't i'll actually get scared i'll actually get scared don't do it (laughs) all right love you cherubs goodbye bye